Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19. The Word of God says, Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Amen. That's a resurrection. There's going to come a time where the earth is going to cast out their dead. It's, they're going to come up. They're going to arise. And what does it say they're going to awake to? Awake and sing. There's going to be some singing going on. There's going to be some shouting going on. There's going to be some praising of the Lord. Look at verse 20. Come. Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. That day's coming, that the Lord Father God is going to come and going to punish this earth for the iniquity it's been doing. There's judgment coming on this earth, and it's coming on this whole earth. It doesn't matter if you're living in America or Canada, Britain, Iran, Iraq. You just pick a place. It don't matter if you're down at the very south. You're down in Antarctica, the Arctic, wherever you're at. You're going to get punished for your iniquity. God's coming to punish. And he, he, but he says there's a, there's a people that he's brought away. And he says, come and hide yourself in your chambers. For the iniquity of the earth. Look, it says at the end of verse 21, the earth also shall disclose her blood. How many aborted babies, the blood of those babies, are on our hands here in America? Or on this land? You think there's no blood in America? There's millions and millions of drops of blood of, of aborted babies in this country right now. And they're going to be, they're going to be, there's a retribution. There's a judgment coming. God's going to judge us for this stuff. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. There's a payday someday. But praise the Lord for us as Christians, as born-again believers, there's a thing that we like to call the rapture. And I just showed it to you there in verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Praise the Lord for the rapture. It's amazing how you can turn through the Old Testament and you can see references. You can see these references to the rapture. Now, this is, a, this, this is the double application. This is the resurrection of Israel. This is a resurrection, a literal physical resurrection happening there in verse 19. That come, my people. That's talking to Israel when they're carried away by God in Revelation. Uh, hidden away in Petra. And they're hidden away in that hidden city. They're hidden away by God. That's a reference there in verse 20. But that's a double application to the rapture to the rapture of the born-again believers. And let me tell you something, friend, that rapture is real. It's going to take place. And, you might, and the question I want to answer for you this morning is, what is the rapture? That's the question I want, to, I want to try to answer for you this morning is, what is the rapture? What is the rapture? Because we say the rapture, you've heard the word rapture mentioned by Christians. You've heard it in literature. You've probably seen movies about the rapture, some movies they've got on, on the rapture. But what is the rapture? Why is there a rapture? And that's the question we want to answer this morning. And the first answer I have to you for what is the rapture is simply this. The rapture is God's plan to take away his people from the wrath to come. That's a simple truth. The first truth you need to know about the rapture is this. The rapture is God's plan. It's God's plan, not man's plan. It's God's plan to take away his people from the wrath to come. Turn to Revelation chapter 6. 
Turn to Revelation chapter 6. Now I'm going to turn to some scripture that is not necessarily, ever, not necessarily acquainted with the rapture. A lot of, uh, if, if people think about the rapture, they think of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. They think of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we will get to those verses, I promise you. But I want to show and lay down some groundwork on this rapture and why there even is a rapture. Why is there even a need for a rapture? You know, uh, that's why people don't understand and don't believe in the rapture. They don't understand that there's judgment coming. <laughs> They don't understand that, hey, this world isn't going to last forever. This nation isn't going to last forever. You, personally, are not going to last forever in this body. There's a payday coming. There's a judgment coming. God's coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to pour His wrath out on this earth. They're not going to get away with what they're doing. Oh, they're laughing now. They're boozing it up now. They're making fun of us now. They're killing Christians all over the world now. But there's a time coming. There's a payday someday. That stuff's going to be put to an end. And Revelation is all about that. The book of Revelation is all about God pouring out His wrath on mankind. That's why people don't like the book of Revelation. They read it and it says, the book of Revelation scares me. Well, it don't scare me. I'm a Christian. It don't scare me one bit. I'm not going through that. It encourages me that there encourages me that there is a judgment, that there is justice. It encourages me that our God is a God of justice. And that they're, going, they're getting away with it, and they're getting away with it, but there's justice coming. That's what, there's a, that's what brings joy to my heart. Look at Revelation chapter 6, verse 15. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. You know what's interesting about that verse right there? We know nowadays, we know today, our government has underground bunkers built all over this country. Oh yeah, and that's in Russia, that's in all these other different countries. They have all these underground bunkers built. And it says right there in Revelation 6, chapter 6, verse 15, that they hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Why are they doing that? Look at verse 16. And said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us. From who? From the face of Him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of Jesus Christ. That's the Lamb of God. The wrath of Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus Christ is love. But Jesus Christ also is Jesus Christ, a man of war. Revelation 19. They know He's coming. They see it. They see the signs. They're hiding themselves in the rocks, in the dens. It says it's everybody. The kings, the chief, the free men, the bottom. It don't matter who you are on the earth. At this time, you're going to run and hide and you're going to wish the rocks would fall on you because you see the wrath of the Lamb is coming. It's coming. And they see that. Verse 17, For the great, for the great day of His wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? There's the greatest truth ever said. Who can stand before God's wrath? Not a one of us. And they see Jesus Christ coming. They know He's coming. They know the wrath is coming. The wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of God. And they said, hide us. The rapture is to protect us from the wrath of God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Christ is going to come get us out of here before God's wrath is poured out on mankind. The main focus of the rapture is the wrath of God, is us escaping the wrath of God. And I'm showing that to you in Revelation chapter 6, 15 to 17. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now, those verses I just read to you in 
in, in Revelation 6, those verses I just read to you, they show you that God's wrath is coming, okay? No doubt about it, right? And it's not just the wrath of God, it's the wrath of Jesus Christ. Now turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Hey, man, uh, God's wrath is coming. Jesus Christ's wrath is coming. In the book of Revelation, the prophecies are there. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you better get ready. You better start getting you a shovel. And you better start digging. <laughs> hey, you better dig and dig and dig. You better hide yourself under some rocks. That's what they said they're going to do. Why? Because they know there's no way you can stand under God's wrath. <laughs> but I've got some good news for you, Christian. If you're a born-again believer underneath the side of my voice, i got some really, really good news for you. Look at verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And this is to wait for His Son. Are you waiting? Amen. Amen. I'm waiting. Were you waiting this morning? Were you waiting yesterday? Were you waiting last week? Are you going to be waiting tomorrow? Maybe. We need to be waiting. Don't be like a, a lot of Christians. They don't even know they're waiting on anything. <laughs> You should be expectant. You should be waiting. You should be looking down the road. You should be looking up in the skies. You should be beginning to look up. You know your redemption draweth nigh. You should be waiting for the sun. That's what our whole hope is. is He's coming. When you turn on the TV and you see all the rottenness on TV, you should turn that TV off and say, Jesus Christ is coming to clean this up. Don't get discouraged. It's going to get cleaned up. To wait for His Son from heaven. He's not coming through our hearts. He's coming physically from heaven. This is a physical appearance of the Son of God. This is Jesus Christ physically coming from heaven. And heaven is a place whom He raised from the dead. This is a living Savior. He's alive right now and He's coming. He's coming back. He raised from the dead. Even Jesus, which delivered us, born again believers, from the wrath to come. Praise the Lord. The rapture, the purpose of the rapture is to deliver us from the wrath to come. Amen. I've shown you first that there is a wrath of God coming. And it's coming on this earth, physically. And secondly, I've shown you, if you're a born-again believer, and that's Paul talking to believers, he says, hey, he's Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. Praise the Lord. It's not just the wrath of God in hell. It's the wrath of God on this earth. Amen. You're delivered when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One of the great things that happens to you is you're delivered from the wrath of God. Yes, See, what people don't understand, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I tried to tell these inmates over and over again this Friday, when they were, we were talking and I said, listen, man, it's not like I'm trying to give you a good thing. I'm trying to get you to escape from a bad thing. You're condemned already. Amen. The wrath of God abides on you. It's not coming. The wrath of God is, you know, so, well, one day God's going to be mad at me. No, this day God is mad at you. And you need to get right with Him. And that's what John chapter 3 tells us. I'm going to read it to you real quick. John chapter 3, very last verse of John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. That's believing on Jesus Christ. And he that believeth not, you don't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son shall not see life, you're not going to see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. It's right there. But when you have Jesus Christ, 
you're escaping and delivered us from the wrath to come. Man, that's that wrath of Revelation chapter 6 that I just read to you. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You're in 1 Thessalonians? Turn to chapter 5 verse 9. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. Same book. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. Hey, believers are escaping the wrath of God. Look at what verse 9 says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For God hath not appointed us, that's believers, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When I say I'm saved, I'm not just, I'm not saying, I'm not, when you're saying you're saved, that implies you're saved from something. And, and it is, it means a lot. I'm saying I'm saved. I'm not just saved to heaven, I'm saved from hell. I'm not just saved to heaven. I'm saved from the wrath to come in the book of Revelation. When God decides to come down and pour his wrath out on this earth. And if you're alive, you're going to get all of it if you don't know Jesus Christ. But God has not appointed us to that wrath. I just read it to you. He's delivered us from that wrath. And the way he's delivering us and the way he's not appointed us is through the rapture. That rapture is very, very important to you. So I've shown you the first point I want to show you is the rapture is God's plan to take away his people from the wrath to come. Keep your finger here. Keep your hand or finger here, but turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, but keep your finger here in Thessalonians. We're going to come back because that's where the rapture is described in 1 Thessalonians 4. But turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. If there's something that's taught in the Bible, it's types. Everything's a type of something that's happened in the past. And when you're reading stuff in the Old Testament, that's a thing. That, uh, what you're reading in the Old Testament is a type of things to come. Everything you're seeing in the Old Testament is things that are going to be repeated in the, in the future. In prophecy, in different ways. And here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of the faith, chapter of faith. See you there in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then he goes down to verse 5. Look when he's talking about faith in verse 5. By faith, Enoch. Enoch is the greatest type of the rapture we have in the Bible for born-again believers. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. There's old Enoch, and he's pleasing God, and he's walking along, and he's just having a good old day. And then one, time, one day, God just shows up and says, hey, come up hither. Woo! And Enoch disappears. He's gone. And Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith, Enoch was translated. And I'm here to show you that the word rapture is not in your Bible. If you get a concordance, you start looking for the word rapture, it's not in the Bible. That's a term we've applied to what we're talking about. We're talking about a translation. We're talking about when, everywhere in the Bible, a translation is always, you always translated something better. A translation is always better in the Bible. Yeah, amen. We got a better translation right here in the King James Bible. We're, we're right down here and there's going to come a day, guys, when the rapture takes place, we're going to be translated into something better. And Enoch was translated from walking on this earth right before the flood. What was happening with Enoch? The flood was about to happen. And God was, what's the flood? That's God pouring his wrath out on mankind through a water. He's going to flood the earth. He's going to kill all of mankind. But you know what he thinks about Enoch? He says, you know what, Enoch is pleasing me. He's showing me faith. And he just takes old Enoch and raptures him out. 
The Bible says translated him. That's the word we're looking for. So when I talk about rapture, another word you could say is translation. For faith, iniquous. Translated that he should not see death. Guys, at the rapture, there's some of us that are not died that are never going to taste death. Jesus promised that. There's some of us maybe, and some of us younger ones in here, maybe if Jesus doesn't tarry, praise the Lord, hopefully he comes back before these services are over. Will none of us in here taste death? We'll be translated and took up without the end of that. They can have the rest of this world. I'm in heaven. Praise the Lord. Man, you need to come in here on Revel- in, our, in Sunday school. When we're teaching on Revelation, you need to come in here. Man, we're, t- we're looking at the, the book of Revelation and looking at heaven up and when John's up in heaven and the emerald, thro- the emerald rainbow around the throne and the, and the red stones and the, all the beauty and the, and, the, and the beast and the cherubims crying out, holy, holy, holy. Man, that's some wonderful stuff. And you got the elders throwing crowns at the feet of, of the throne of God. Oh, I can't wait. And we're going to see them, they're going to start singing out to God. They're going to start singing a new song to God. I mean, I can't wait to get to heaven. But if you're a lost man or woman, that sounds like torture. Amen. There's nothing worse I can think of than singing praises to God. Why would I want to do that? That would be hell to them. What I think of as heaven would be hell to them. Yes. Amen. Amen, it would. Amen. And see, what they think of as hell, drink, sitting around drinking a bunch, boozing up with their friends and getting drunk, that's, that's hell to me. That's heaven to them, but that's hell to me. Amen. But that's not what's going to happen in hell. There isn't a drop to drink in hell. So you can just you can cut all that booze out, all that partying you think you're going to have in the place of darkness, screaming and gnashing of teeth. Hell is a real place just as well. Hell is just as real as heaven is. Amen. And you need to grab a hold of that. You need to grab a hold of that. But Enoch is a great type of the rapture of us. As by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated. There was going to come a time when the rapture takes place. People are going to be looking for us and they can't find us. Where's old brother Kigan? Where's old brother Gary? Where's old sister Patsy? Where's old brother Ronnie? Where have they gone to? I've called the house. I can't find them. Where all these people go? They disappeared. God took us. <laughs> see ya. Amen. For before his translation, he had this testimony. What's Brother Keegan's testimony that he pleased God? I know some of y'all are out there going, how can you be so confident and you please God? Well, I'm not confident that I please God all the time, but I know there's one way that I please God. The very next verse. Look at it. Everyone in this room has pleased God in one way or another. Why is it, how'd you please God? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. How am I pleasing God? Because with childlike faith, I took His Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior, and I've never seen Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never taught to me, but by childlike faith, I just took Him. And you know what God says? That pleases me. I'm going to translate that boy right there. You want to be translated like Enoch? You better please God. And you please God by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Because without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Have you diligently seeked salvation in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I need to see it. I need a miracle. I need God to show up. I need God to show up. No, you know, what you need to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to please God, you better put your faith in Jesus Christ. See, all these are great types of the believer. Right before we get raptured out. And as Enoch gets raptured out. Amen. Turn to 1 Thessalonians. 
Turn back to 1 Thessalonians 4. I hope you kept your thumb there. I promised you that we would go back. But turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Now here's the scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. These are scriptures that describe the rapture of the saints, the translation of the saints. This, these are the scriptures that, that, I, that a lot of people think of when they think of the rapture in the Bible. And we're just now getting to them. But we've learned a lot before we got to them. So the second thing I want to show you is found there in verse 13 and verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Here we go. Paul says, but I would not... Have you to be ignorant brethren. Now listen, there's some people that can be ignorant about the rapture. We're not going to be those people, amen. We're going to study it out. I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep. Now when the Bible says asleep, nine times out of ten the Bible is referring to somebody who has passed on, who's died. Because you look at a person that's in that coffin, what are they, they look like they're asleep, amen. Yeah. Alright, they look like they're asleep. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. The second thing you need to understand about the rapture is this. The rapture is our hope and our comfort. Amen. Amen. The rapture is our hope and our comfort. Paul says that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. The Christian's hope is we will get raptured out of here. The Christian's hope is Jesus Christ is coming back for me. Yeah, amen. You know, even laying on a bed, you might be laying on a bed dying of cancer, and your hope is I hope the Lord comes back before I cross a valley of death. Maybe, I, maybe the Lord will come back before I die. Praise the Lord. That's our hope. That We don't sorrow when we lay somebody down in the grave. We don't sorrow when we lay when our loved one's down in the grave because we know the Lord's going to resurrect them. <laughs> They're coming back up. I'm going to see him again. Hey, we don't have any sorrow that way. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not. Hey, man, don't, don't be so sorrowful, even as others just have no hope. We're not walking around with no hope. We have Jesus Christ. He's our great hope. Look at verse 18. Skip all the way down to verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Paul's about to tell us about the rapture because, for one thing, we have hope when nobody else has hope. And the second thing is, you need to comfort one another with these words. When you're down, when you're down and out and things aren't going good, you can't pay your bills. The health isn't going like, you don't have the health like you think you should. You need to open up these scriptures and say, you know what? But praise the Lord, maybe he'll come back tonight. Maybe the Lord will come back before I have to pay this bill. And then somebody else can deal with these bills. Amen? Man, I tell you what, you got to grab a hold of this stuff. You know, when my mom, my mom didn't, was, my mom was rotten with money. The only reason my mom didn't have more credit cards is because they wouldn't give her more credit cards. And I mean, my mom, she was on her deathbed, and she had a Discovery card, a MasterCard. She had all these, a Bell's card, a Sears card. She had all these different cards. And when she took her last, last breath, they weren't going to get a penny more. <laughs> I'm not pay, that's her bills, amen. That's her bills. I'm not paying them. She's the one that rang them up. They shouldn't have gave her the credit. Amen. That's exactly what, amen. That, that's not right. That's right. They're the ones that gave her the credit. When she took her last breath, no more worrying about bills. Amen. Amen. When the Lord takes us and raptures us out of here, you're not going to have to worry about your taxes. You're not worried about your, your paying your car insurance. You're not, you're not, that's, that's, that's out the window, praise the Lord. That's our great hope. That's our comfort. These sorrow, these pains, these, oh, these emotional pains that we have, those are all going to be long gone. Amen. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. That's our comfort in Jesus Christ. Now, some people like to say that the rapture was just some new invention, that a uh, new doctrine that was created in the late 1800s. It was created by Darby and Schofield. And that's nonsense. That's not true. Because you can find a book written back in 373, 373 A.D., and this book was written by Ephraim the Syrian, and the book was called On the Last Times, the Antichrist, and the End of the World. And in that book, he stated and quoted as saying, For all the saints and elect of God are gathered prior to the tribulation that is to come and are taken to the Lord, lest they see the confusion that is to overwhelm the world because of our sins. That's the rapture, brother, and that's what he was talking about and reading about. So if anybody comes up and you say, oh, that rapture, that's a new teaching that they started teaching in 1800s. That's hogwash. We got quotes from 373 A.D. where a good brother is writing about it and saying that God's going to take us out before the wrath to come. That's what we're calling the rapture, exactly what we're calling the rapture. You know, me and my wife, we have a friend, and I call her a friend, and she's kind of half crazy. She comes over to the house, and she'll, she'll give us some kind, of, some kind of scripture, and she has some kind of CD where she's teaching, and she says, now, now and this is what she's done to me before, and, and around Christmas time. They're going to come. The government's going to come. They're going to take all the Christians and kill them. And I've got a place we're going to be hiding out in this county road, and she'll give us this county road number. When that happens, run out, and you'll find us at this county road. We're going to all hide out at this county road. And she gives me this county road. Of course, Christmas comes and passes, and nobody gets killed like that. Nobody, and she'll always is prophesying things like that. So while I'm here, she's a false prophetess is what she is, and I'm, she's half off her rocker. And she comes by the house and tries to talk to us, and we're, real, we're sweet to her because she's a sweet lady. But she came by the house, what was it, about two weeks ago, Kathy, she came by? Maybe last week, what, she came by, and she's trying to give us her latest CD, and she wants to talk, and we invite her in the house, we're real nice to her, and she's talking to us, and then she starts saying, well, there's some people that believe in the rapture, and you know, that's not going to take place, and there, there's no such thing as a rapture. And you know me, my old hair stands up, my back stands up, and I look at her, and I, I promise you guys, I, I didn't have a mean look on my face, I didn't yell, I didn't, my wife can give this testimony, I didn't raise my voice or anything, I just said, oh, I believe in the rapture. Is that not true, Kathy Kay? I said, oh, I believe in the rapture. Oh, I believe it. Just like that. I, I believe in the rapture. And she lit out of there like a scalded dog. She didn't even barely say bye, did she? She just turned around and she said, oh, we'll see y'all later. Went out the front house and she just walked off. And I had to go to the front door and open up. Oh, we'll see you later. I know what happened there. I promise you I know what happened there. She tried to stand up and the Holy Spirit said, there is a rapture. I didn't even say nothing to her. I just said, oh, I believe in the rapture. And the Holy Spirit went right in her head and said, get out of here. I'm coming back for him. I'm coming back. I assure you I'm coming back. Don't you be telling that stuff. Get out of here. I didn't have to whip her. The Lord whipped her. Right out of my house, ran like a scalded dog. Guys, the rapture's true. And these false prophets, the Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, or anybody, any other idiot that wants to teach anything different, they don't know the Scripture. They don't understand that God has delivered us from the wrath to come. And He's delivered us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to take us out of here. Praise the Lord. That's our great hope. That's our great comfort. Grab a hold of that, man. Don't let anybody take it away from you. Man, don't let anybody take it away from you. Look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant. Brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them, which, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. You see what that scripture just said right there? Oh, read it with me. Read it with me again. Read it with me again. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I believe, friend, I believe. Even so, then also with sleep, that's my mother, that's your mother, that's your dad, that's all your loved ones. Even those that also with sleep in Jesus, if they knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, will God bring with Him? What is that saying? That's saying that when your loved one went... And took that last breath that their soul came out of their body. And the Lord Jesus Christ took them on up to heaven to be with Him. And that old rotted body laid right there. And we put it in a casket. And we're looking at that old body. And we're saying, that's not my mom. That's not my dad. That's not my loved one. And it isn't. That's just an old rotted cocoon. That's going to go in the grave and the worms are going to eat it. That soul's not sleeping right there. That soul's long gone. That old body's sleeping right there. We're going to put it in the ground. Jesus Christ has took them on. So I want to close this morning by showing you, before we, as we're finishing, showing you that there's, it's nonsense to believe in soul sleep. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. Turn the page. You might not even have to turn the page. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. The idea is that when you die, your soul goes to sleep. It's in that body. You put it in the ground, and that's where your soul's at. You understand the Bible tells you. First off, you need to understand the Bible tells you that you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. Who died for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Remember in verse 9, to, to, to we can be appointed not to be appointed to that wrath. Look at verse 10. Who died for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, that whether we wake, we're awake right now, or sleep, our body goes to sleep, we should live together with Him. When you take your last breath, your old soul whoom, comes out of your body, and you can't see that soul. You can't see it with your naked eye. But that old soul comes out of your body when you take your last breath. And when your soul comes out of your body, if you have angels, they're going to take you. If you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the angels are going to take you and deliver you up to the Lord Jesus Christ up in heaven, a real place, heavenly place, a heavenly home. Jesus Christ says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, your soul will come out of your body and gravity will take a hold of you and your soul will be drugged down, down into a place underneath our feet the Bible calls hell. And that's where you'll stay until the great judgment day. Then God's going to bring you back up and He's going to judge you. But as your soul goes up or your soul goes down, that old body stays right there. If you're in a plane crash and you get annihilated and you're torn into a thousand pieces, your body gets torn into a thousand pieces and your soul either is carried up by Jesus Christ or your soul goes straight down into the pits of hell, one or two places. But if you're a Christian... You're going to live with, together with Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You want to know more about this? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm about to close. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. That's, why, that's how we please God, because we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't see that soul when it leaves the body. But verse 8 tells us we are confident. And I tell you, I'm confident. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. That verse tells you that when your soul leaves your body, boom, you're going to be present with the Lord if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because there's a flip side to every coin, absent from the body, present with the devil down in hell. You're down in hell, burning, 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 waiting for that great judgment day. But praise the Lord, if you knew Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You want to see what happens when you take your last breath? One more verse, Genesis chapter 35. Way back in Genesis chapter 35, the Bible's real plain about it. Genesis chapter 35, verse 18. Genesis chapter 35, verse 18. Oh, the Bible's real plain about it. I was up in, that, uh, up in the Hughes unit, and I was talking to one of the inmates, and we were talking about the body and the soul, and he was talking about soul sleep, and, and uh, I was showing him this verse right here, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what it says happened. Well, how do you answer that? I don't have an answer for that. You're not going to have an answer for that, because this is what exactly happens to you. Genesis chapter 35, verse 18, and it came to pass... As her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died. Rachel's dying while she's, while she's having Benjamin. And the Bible says, while Rachel was having Benjamin, and it came to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she died. <gasps> she took that last breath. You know what happened? Choo-choo. Something came by and picked her soul up and took off. And I'm telling you what, if you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to take that first flight. Airline 777, boom, is going to come up and your departure's at hand and boom, there you go. Hey, when my mom took her last breath, her soul came out of her body. I couldn't see it. And Jesus Christ, through the help of the angels, took her soul straight up into heaven. Praise the Lord. I'm going to see her again. But what the rapture was teaching us, and we're going to get back into this next week, what the rapture was teaching us is this in 1 Thessalonians 4, that when Jesus Christ comes back at the rapture, He brings those souls with Him, and their bodies are resurrected, and He's going to put those souls right back into those new, resurrected, glorified bodies that once were immortal bodies that the worms can eat, but the Bible is going to teach us they're going to be raised incorruptible, immortal, eternal glorified body like Jesus Christ, and that soul is put right back into that body. And if we're alive at that time at the rapture, you know what's going to happen to us? Our bodies are going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll have a new glorified body. And then we go up to be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to have to finish this next week, guys. But praise the Lord. I think I gave you enough to know that there is a rapture. And there, but there's also a wrath to come. So the main thing you need to remember this morning about the rapture is this. The rapture is God's plan to take away his people from the wrath to come. The rapture is our hope and comfort. And the rapture is the resurrection of the dead bodies of Christians and the return of their souls to that new glorified body. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, you're missing out. I can't promise you anything. 
You know, when I'm, I'm, I was at that prison ministry Friday, and I, I'd meet a Christian, and they're in, they're in jail, and this one brother in Christ, I mean, he was a good brother in Christ, man. He was, loved the Lord. He'd come over to me. It was a black man, and he was talking to me, and he, how you doing, brother? Man, I appreciate what you, and we were talking about the Lord. He said, I've been here for 17 years, and it took God, God put me in here so I'd get right with him. But I'm so right with God right now, and I love Jesus Christ so much. He's so good to me. He goes, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming here and telling us about Jesus Christ. These guys need to hear it. He goes, I can't wait. He goes, I might not get out of here. I'm hoping I'll get out of here in a couple of years, but I don't know if I'll get out of here. You know what I told him? I said, well, I can promise you this, brother. You might never get out of here, but there will come a day you will get out of here. In this time, in this lifetime, you might live in here and you might die in here. But there will come a day, one or two things I told him is going to take place. You're either going to take your last breath and your soul is going to leave this place. Or Jesus Christ is going to rapture you right out of here. And there isn't a bar, there isn't anything the state of Texas is built that's going to keep Jesus Christ from taking you home with him. So do you don't worry about that. He got a big old smile on his right. He goes, amen, brother, amen. See, that's real to him. Because he's living in prison. Some of y'all are living in a prison of health. Some of y'all are living in a prison of emotional pain. Some of y'all are living in a prison of financial pain. But there's going to come a time where Jesus Christ is going to rapture you out of that prison. That's your hope. That's our comfort. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.